Hi friends, my name is Maya. Welcome and welcome back to Light on Living. This is a podcast that I create to remind you of that one most important thing that on this spiritual journey, even though you have to do it by yourself, you don't have to do it all alone. It's been a little while. Things have been a little crazy, but we're here and we're still breathing, smiling and loving and that's really what counts. So after a little break, I am so happy to have reconnected with Kay. I first met Kay about five years ago and she has always inspired me with her love for music her bubbly, outgoing, shining personality. And it's so amazing to have been a witness to her growth and her changes in the last few years. In this conversation, we talk a lot about music, about connecting with our voice, about expressing our true self, about yoga, and so much about the importance of showing up and showing up fully as yourself, knowing that they will judge you and letting them. And still showing up with a big smile, a strong back and a soft open heart. I'm really hoping that you'll stick around for the whole podcast and that you'll stick around for the super exciting news that I'm about to drop at the end of our conversation. Without further ado, thanks friends, thanks for listening. What should I call you? I don't know. Um, I've got so many different names. Yeah, it's different. K, Camus, Kirsten, Defy Gravity Yogi, which is now my yeah d- my yoga name. Um, but I introduce myself as K because it's just easier. It's a letter. Yeah, it? it's a letter K. Yeah. So hi K. Hi babe. Welcome to Light on Living. Thanks. Thank you so much for being my guest <laughs> on this show, um, where we talk about what it's like to live in the light. Mm and the understanding that it's not necessarily somewhere you get to, but somewhere that you're in the process of getting to all the time. And I wanted to share with you, um, yesterday or the day before I was sitting with Carlos and we were having a conversation and we said, well, the goal of the spiritual journey shouldn't be to be enlightened because that's past tense. The goal should be to be enlightening. Ah, I like that. Uh, Right? Because it's also like something that you're then giving out. Um, when I first met you yeah. is four years ago. Maybe even longer. Maybe even more, yeah. like four or five years yeah. ago now. Yeah. And we met at a yoga retreat where I was teaching mm-hmm. and you came. Mm-hmm. And that was the start of your yoga journey? That was where of? my third eye opened. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. It was during um, uh, a meditation when we, it was three days in and... Um, we were guided to our inner child and then um, we were asked to basically speak to our inner child and, and say what it is you would like to know today, what would you like to tell yourself as a child. And it was almost like I was hypnotized, like I was completely in there. I could see myself as a child crying in a dark room or like it was like a, just like a hole, like a dark hole. And I went in and I cuddled myself and told myself that everything is going to be okay and everyone will judge you no matter what. Life is like that. You can't do anything about it. Don't let people get you down. Like all this stuff that I wanted to hear now, I was telling my inner child. And then we had some sound healing, I remember. And I think it was a a gong or some kind of vibration. It was very, very vague. Um, And I just remember feeling a vortex 
in my forehead in between my eyebrows and then it kind of penetrated through and came out the back as well that's really weird it's, it's, it's making a move <laughs> now yeah. I can feel it now yeah and um and I was like wow and then I saw colors I saw purple and I just remember trying to keep with that sensation and then when we came out of the meditation I spoke to the facilitator and she said yeah I think this is your third eye just opened and um and then I went out into nature the next day and I saw everything so differently like everything was so much more alive everything was so connected um yeah so that that was the beginning the beginning of what the beginning of my spiritual journey yeah I was from there where it was a big healing spiritual journey it all came from healing tell me tell me what it was like before because like what did you see before your third eye was open because you obviously still had two eyes yeah but what was the experience like because you said my, that's when everything started like yeah what were you doing in your life not seeing like seeing but thinking I could see but I just wasn't connected to colors I wasn't connected to seeing like a butterfly I kept seeing butterflies everywhere and and it just was so amazing like I felt like I was more alive like I was breathing with my pores and not just with my mouth or my nose like I was an entity and it was outstanding it was extraordinary it was crazy <laughs> yeah, I love it it's crazy yeah I think that's one of my favorite words doing this podcast is like it's crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah so that's when I kind of left off from you in some ways because then mm. you've been an adventure mm -hmm. have you had other chakras open since then yeah I mean I went it out. To, yeah <laughs> I had to do a lot of healing um and the deeper I went and every layer shed, I realized how much more I needed to learn about myself and open up. And I ended up going to Thailand to a actual healing retreat where I did my yoga hours. And at the same time we were doing healing. So it was pretty intense, but it was, it was beautiful. It was really good, but it was it was life changing. I mean, I can't I can't even like describe from the meditation we would do vipassana in the morning, and the challenge to sit still for one hour was like my skin and everything. It was impossible. In the first, well, I was there for four weeks. The first three weeks, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't do it. And the last week, I was like, okay. I'm going to really try this and um, I learned so much just sat there being still and how I was just observing myself and when you get to that place it's like we have so much power and so many levels that we don't realize we have once, once we break them down and like the mind can just stop us from doing so much. Um, but yeah, I definitely learned how to feel my chakras, feel when I'm feeling imbalanced in my chakras and through yoga, obviously that all came together. Um, so yeah, it's just... Well, it's interesting because I feel like now that we've reconnected yeah. and then you've gone on this like yoga adventure yeah. and then meanwhile, and it's recent for me, but I've only just taken up singing. Yeah, so I've been doing private lessons for singing. I uh, started like one or two weeks into yeah. the quarantine. And it was one of those things where I was telling myself, like, no, but you can't sing, you know? So I wouldn't sing in the shower. I would just never sing karaoke. I just wouldn't ever use my mm -hmm. voice in that way. Um, but now that I am, and, and my teacher has said to me a few times, well, I thought you would know this with all your yoga. And I'm like, this is completely different, man. Your throat chakra. But what it's doing for me and the ways that it's opening me up and the ways that I'm getting to know my body in another way, and I find it so interesting for you because obviously then... That's how I started. You came with that yeah. knowledge yeah. into yoga. Uh -huh. So 
like being aware of the music because that's something that took me you know what i mean like yeah. we come with different yeah. strengths yeah yeah and so what i'm learning now with the voice and the way that i'm learning to express myself and the way that the vibrations are moving through yeah. my body because yeah vipassana is great but sitting down and singing for five minutes yeah I don't like the Vipassana personally, but <laughs> I hated it every minute of it. But yeah, mantras and chanting, oming all day long. I love it. Love it. Because you do, you feel your vibration. What do you think is the difference between like music, music, and then kind of spiritual mantra? Conscious music. Um, it just, the feeling that it gives you, you know, I think music, music, whether it's soul, jazz, hip-hop every every kind of style always gives you a different feeling and every tone gives you a different vibration and it will trigger something in you when you hear this so it depends where you're at when you're listening to a song because songs bring back feelings like smells will take you back a song will trigger you to a moment do you think that like when you came into yoga that your throat chakra was already no open it no. was not open so you don't think that's oh Oh, yeah. this is so interesting yeah. for me. Because through the yoga, my voice and my communication has become so much more profound. My voice changed after my Because that's practice. one thing that people who are listening now don't know about you, yeah. that you are actually a singer, a singer first, yeah. and then a DJ, yeah. and, and then, then a, a yogi. yogi. So how did your voice change from... It was where it, when it... <laughs> basically... I was on stage at a jam night in Copenhagen at the jam bar. It was amazing. Um, and um, I was singing Killing Me Softly. And um, I had my eyes closed. And it was there at that time on the stage where I felt like I could just let go of every inhibition. And my voice just felt so natural. And I wasn't pushing it at all. And I wasn't feeling judged. I wasn't judging myself. I was kind of having an out-of-body experience. And when I opened my eyes, people were crying. And they felt my energy. And when I got off the stage, they were like, you have to keep singing. You've got such an amazing um, like vibration that's really healing. And, I, and it was just so nice to receive. And I've never had that response. And that's when I felt my throat chakra open. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I've been singing, even though I love it with a passion, but not understanding the true power of, of our voice. So a little bit like what you said with your third eye that you were seeing, yeah. but you wasn't Absolutely. really seeing. Yeah, so yeah. you were singing, but not really. Yeah. That's very cool. Mm. Do you feel like once a chakra is opened, then that's it? Or do you feel like it's a continuous? I think, uh, I think it's a continuous exercise, yeah, because I think things can happen that will make you close up. Like you'll say something and you won't mean to offend anyone, but they will take offense and then you'll kind of close up a little bit and say, oh, I can't speak my truth because I'm going to offend someone. But mm -hmm. actually that could unbalance you in a way. Um, well, they say also that like gossiping and complaining close your throat chakra, right? Okay, yeah. So Negative like, speaking. Yeah. And especially like with complaining, because then you're saying something, but you're not living it. Mm. So you're saying bad, 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 I don't like it, I don't like it, but you continue to right. do it. And so then that's closing your chakra. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so I think it's a practice of, of living in the right way and saying what you mean and living what you feel. So do you feel like you're the same person who went to that first yoga retreat five years ago? No, not at all. No. What's changed? <laughs> um, I, I couldn't even explain it. I don't know. I think, I think I, everyone grows and everyone changes and people learn. And I think that I've just gone through a lot where I've come out the other side feeling like I know who I am now. I'm not afraid to be who I am. I've got regrets, but I've forgiven myself. Um, you know, I think it just takes, you have to learn about yourself. And I think that's why I've come out from that girl who went into that retreat, who was a shaken mess, who was hurt and broken, to now where I feel like... Because I remember person. you too. At one point we went for, for a coffee or something, 
and I was getting bored because I felt like you were going in the same patterns and it was the same guy and the same thing yeah. and then I didn't see you for a few weeks and then we went again and it was the same like you were stuck yeah, and I was like absolutely. okay I'm bored yeah and then now to see you like even before I saw you saw you I felt like a big shift in yeah. your energy mm. and this is the kind of stuff that's really hard to explain to people like how do you know mm. I don't know yeah but I know <laughs> yeah I know that I know but yeah. I don't know how yeah, and I've definitely shifted absolutely but you have to live it um, for yourself so you, someone can always say to you and advise you, but until you live it and learn it for yourself, you're never actually going to... And it's quite uh, interesting too, because this is another thing that w recently came up in a conversation about, you know, whether you call it mental health or spiritual health right. or whatever, because you see somebody and they have all limbs and they look like they, they function, but they can be completely broken, Yeah, you know, and then to do that healing work and, and what it actually means and a lot of people think that the healing is just nice kumbaya and no, singing it's a horrible scary ride <laughs> but it's um so rewarding when you come out the other side can yeah. you tell me like one of the worst kind of healing experiences and what it brought you through because I think that that's really interesting for people who are listening as well. Like, you know, not just the yeah. result, but... Let me think. Um, yeah. So I did a, an intimacy workshop in my healing school, Sama Karuna. And I was paired up with someone and we had to act um, as the energy. So you were person A and I was person B. And you had to tell me who you wanted me to be, like, energetic-wise, whether it was an ex-lover or your future husband or blah, blah, blah. So I had to guess what kind of energy you wanted me to be. And I was paired up with this girl, and I said, my ex-boyfriend. And I had already told her a little bit about him. And the way that she acted, so she basically grabbed me around my neck and she pretended to strangle me because he was was never physical but that's how I felt suffocated yeah and I was just completely like oh my gosh and I just broke down and I saw him and I saw me and I was like this was so unhealthy that I just could not get out of and I was like why was I so stuck in this I just put myself through all the torture <laughs> something that I loved to do self-sabotage and I learned that about myself. Um, but I went to all kinds of different meditations. I mean, you go through trauma, childhood trauma, and then you go through relationship trauma. Because is that, is that what it is, that the healing is in some way that you need to feel those feelings that you repressed or that you didn't yeah. get to yeah. feel? Yeah, I think you have to recognize, um, you have to recognize those how, how you were at that time and why you acted like that and learn from it and then step away from it and hopefully never repeat the pattern again right because sometimes you do but that's okay and you repeat that pattern because there is that part of you that just wants, wants. to be healed and yeah. recognized and so if you can do it consciously instead of unconsciously repeating patterns yeah hopefully yeah hopefully you'll you'll come out yeah <laughs> but it's it's tricky it's about eliminating the ego and there's people that go in pretending that they already have and they walk around saying they're enlightened and they're the ones that are not <laughs> enlightened yes. and that's the scary part right because nobody else can certify you no and that's a little bit what this podcast I guess is, is really about too is I wanted to put something out there with real people sharing real stories mm where it's not, hey, look at me, I'm perfect and I'm done. Mm. Um, because no. like I said, you know, I think that's a past tense thing. And then, yeah, I think we've all, we'll always have work to do on ourselves. But it takes a very strong and brave person to do it. Yeah. And it takes an even braver person to admit that there's still... There's stuff to work on, yeah. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about changing from, like, a lifestyle then, because you had a very different kind of day-to-night routine as well, being a singer, right? Like, it's late nights. And yeah. 
and now things have changed and now you're teaching yoga mm -hmm. in a few places yeah. and um, I know you're teaching at Radiant and yeah. you're just starting today for the first yeah. day teaching at the Boho Club here with me. Yes. Um, and here you're going to be teaching rhythm and, and flow. flow. Yeah. And apart from that, you're doing aerial yoga. Yes. Which is also... On Mondays at, at Radiant, Monday mornings. Which yeah. is also like a different kind of yoga practice in a it way. It is, yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the transition from like nighttime singer mm. to daytime yogi. Mm. Well, it's all about timing, divine timing with the universe. Um, I went to Thailand in December, did the, so came out of the summer, which was very busy with DJing at weddings and singing in bars and doing all my stuff. And then, but not feeling fulfilled and had a dream that I was a yoga teacher. And I looked at um, some courses and I found Sama Karuna, I was really drawn, drawn to that. And then before I knew it, I was booked and I was going in the October, November time. Um, so I was there for three months and then when I came back it was the Corona-ish time. Um, and because winter is always dead for me with DJing and singing, so I wanted to do something as well that was going to see me throughout the whole year. Um, and, um, and then when Corona happened, they've got, they're not hiring any singers or DJs anymore. So it was great timing, I suppose, for me, because it was positive, so I could work on the yoga. Um, and um, I haven't transitioned back to doing night times. I've um, been DJing during the day um, at beach clubs. So since the yoga thing, I've not been singing. I've just been concentrating. And then I thought, I'll put that on the side. So in 2021, when they're rehiring singers, then I'll, then I'll look into it. But I just wanted to give yoga 100%, and, which is my plan for this year. And how's it going? Amazing. It's How does amazing. it feel to be a yoga teacher now? crazy <laughs> it's I'm proud of myself you know and it's something I put my mind to and something I've always loved to do a practice with you for for a while you know and um, it's just such a way of life and that's what you know you hear people say all the time but it really is like it just changes everything so. and it's difficult that whole thing right because people say like, oh you're a yoga teacher and I'm like well only when I'm teaching. Yeah. The rest of the time I'm a yogi and I'm yeah. proud of that. Yeah. And people don't understand what that is because it's not a job. Yeah. Like nobody's paying me to live these values. Exactly. But they're part of who I am now. Yeah. Um, why are you doing the aerial yoga? What was it that like connected, what connected you to, to that? that? Yeah. So I went to Florida where my mom lives and I met Mo who's one of my best friends now. Um, she is a pole fitness instructor and I was there in Florida and I meditated and I was like I really want to find a girl that I connect with that we can like do really cool shit together and then for some reason it came up in my head pole fitness so I went onto Google and I looked up the closest pole fitness studio and I went and she's walked in and she was the instructor and we were like hey hi and instantly connected but she also did aerial hammock so we would play, and it was basically like um, the aerial yoga hammock, but it spins, and you do all pretty shapes, and it's quite kind of the same concept. Um, and we used to have fun. We hung it from the tree, and we used to play in the garden for hours on the, it's like a circus aerial trapeze. Um, and then from there, I thought, how can I actually incorporate this into my life and my working life? And uh, so I went to Barcelona and did the aerial trapeze yoga course there okay. and then that was before I went to Thailand to do the Hatha. Okay. So from the aerial I wanted to gain more so I wanted to put more yoga hours into myself and did the Hatha, yeah. That's cool and then can you tell me about what we're doing here at Boho, what's rhythm and flow? So I wanted to really bring in the music side, the DJ side, um, and the music is all very, I've, I've picked, handpicked every song for every section of the class. So um, it's kind of conscious, but with deep bass lines, st 
stuff that really gets you gets your bones rattling, you know. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to incorporate cool music and um, and yoga flow. So yeah, it's basically that. I think everyone's gonna really enjoy it. It's gonna be good vibes. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's really interesting. When I taught at my very first yoga retreat, yeah, there was absolutely no music allowed wow. during practice. Like, I don't think I could do that. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It's also interesting with all these rules that people put and then mm. what kind of music should be allowed. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and nowadays, I think really the reason why yoga has been my chosen path is because it's changing yeah and because it adapts and because it's goat yoga and it's still yoga man <laughs> yeah. you know like it's aerial yoga and it's somehow still yoga yeah. like and and there's a beauty in that and there's an openness in that that mm. I, really appeals to me as a person because as i continue to grow so does my practice mm. um but I find I'm really I'm really excited about your class tonight. But I just yeah. find this understanding because when I practice yoga, I almost disappear into the music, uh -huh. so that the music moves my body Amazing. with my breath, and there's no need for thought. Yeah, and and that's obviously something that is difficult to translate in a classroom yeah. because you have to talk and give instructions, exactly. and there's a different yeah. level of it. But it can be very much like dancing. Yes. Right? Yeah. And do you, do you do any like singing in the yoga now? Or are you doing no, but any I will. mantras? I will. Yeah. That's that's to come. <laughs> then we should talk about that because that's yeah. that's the part that that's when my singing teacher asked me why do you want to sing? I said because I want to sing, sing for people in class. I want to mm. sing when they're in shavasana. Yeah. Because no matter what music I play. If I can sing, the vibration in the room mm -hmm. changes yeah. in a really like palpable way that I don't think any kind of stereo, no matter how yeah. expensive it is, it just cannot produce that. That's true. So that was like my my intention for, for singing. That's and then awesome. obviously like when I hear somebody like you, there's this part of me that goes, Oh my god, she's so good, I'm never <laughs> gonna get there. Uh -huh. But you have how many years yeah, ahead no, of exactly. me, you know? And I feel like a lot of people who come into yoga do that too. Like yeah. they'll look at us and go, and go wow, oh. how am I ever going to live up to that? It's imposter syndrome, which is a, just a... Well, kind of. <laughs> you see, like, I actually like really looked into this a while ago. So technically, imposter syndrome can only happen to experts because you can only have imposter syndrome when you know so much that you feel, and because you know so much, you realize that you just haven't even scraped the surface of oh, what's wow. actually there. Okay. Whereas if you don't know anything and you come in and you're like, wow, I really don't know anything, yeah. you're right. Right. So there's no imposter syndrome about that. The imposter syndrome is when you go in thinking, I've got 20 years of experience, how could I but possibly, I, I don't know enough. Yeah. That's the imposter syndrome. And so the f when you actually have it, it means that it's kind of like makes you an expert. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Because otherwise you're just a normal person, right? Right. So, um, l growing up in Marbella yeah. and living here is quite different from a yeah. lot of other places. You've been here most of your, your whole life. Since your I mom, was 11. Your mom is in America. Florida, yeah, yeah. so you go between. Mm. How has it been to grow up here and kind of stay spiritual? Because I know like we had uh, Martin, who was on the show, said, that where the night is the darkest, the stars shine the brightest. And we were talking about how now there are all these healthy places yeah. popping up and rehab centers and Absolutely. more yoga. But it wasn't no, well, always it wasn't like, like that. that. Well, I mean, I don't know because I was never in the scene. So yeah, maybe right. it was. It wasn't your vibe. It wasn't my vibe. I was just singing. Mm. <laughs> but um, I only really started practicing yoga here with you after that retreat. Um, but growing up here, it was crazy because I went to a lower college where all of the kids were super mega wealthy and I, my parents had just split up and me and my mom were living in an apartment. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, but I felt like I had, what was the word? I felt, um, inferior. 
to everyone else in in my class because they all were mansions and Aston Martins and Porsche and I was just like oh I felt really out of place and I really struggled and because I was so into the music I wasn't very academic so I struggled at school as well I struggled with bullying um, so I ended up leaving when I was 16 I ended up leaving school when I was 16 and I moved to London to study music. Um, luckily, I've got the most supportive parents emotionally where they just have always had my back and just really allowed me to follow my path and they believed in me the whole time. Um, so they were very supportive of me going because they could see I was miserable here. So I spent four years in, in London um, and then when I came back, it was just um, basically trying to find my feet. I was like 19, 20. Um, uh, yeah, but those were crazy times too. <laughs> no, I think, you know, it's so interesting for me to be here too because people who've known me a long time are always like, why the hell do you live there? Yeah. You know, it doesn't suit you at all. But it's also really beautiful here. It There's is. There's so many amazing people and so many great things going on, but there is this, layer of kind of glitter and superficiality oh yeah that yeah. that transpires right and yeah. i think it's glamour is the word in spiritual circles right that you get glamoured by it and mm. you feel like you need to i don't know have Be the part right of shoes and yeah. have the right car like yeah, you said and society that pressure to be a certain way which isn't healthy in any sense at all um, but Marbella has always been a place where I've come home to, but I've always gone away almost to try and find myself <laughs> and then come back. But after Corona, it's actually forced me to, I can't go and see my mom in Florida. Otherwise I would have probably been there by now because mm -hmm. that's my natural pattern to do. But I can't even get in to see her because the borders are closed. So it's made me put roots here, but that's a really great thing that's come out of it. Flowers are growing. So... Yeah. What is it like, because I, I, this isn't something that I said I wanted to talk to before, but it's something that I'm thinking about now, because obviously the music industry is also very superficial yeah. in a lot of ways, and especially if you're a woman and you're a young singer, yeah. there's a lot of expectations on your appearance and, yeah. and things like that. How do you feel like that's affected you, and where do you feel like you are now wow. with all of that? Um, I mean, I, I straight away think of Instagram and how that's now the outlet to promoting yourself and connecting with other artists or producers. Um, I've always felt, when I was younger, not, not now anymore, I think a few years back, I felt like I needed to look a certain way and be a certain way, and I didn't know who, who the hell I was. But now I know who I am. I'm feeling a lot more comfortable in my skin and learning that no matter what or who you are, everyone's going to judge you. So let it go because you can't mm. do anything about it. And that really released a lot off my shoulders when I realized that no matter what, you're going to be judged. So don't give it any attention. I'm, I don't know about you, but my Instagram now doesn't show how many likes, how many number of likes I've had on a photo, which I really like. But other people can still see how many likes I've had. So like instantly that triggers in me like, oh, no, what if I don't have enough likes? And, uh, like, what if I don't have a, as many as her? But you just have to let those feelings go and not attach to them at all. Cause it is so interesting, all of that, right? Because like your Instagram profile become like you're the best at what you want to show yeah. people. Yeah. It's and like in this kind of podcast, I want it to be like, yeah. well, let's go a little bit deeper deeper and talk about it you know and, and there's no camera in the room I've had people say can you please film the conversations and I'm like do you understand like <laughs> how much more editing that would be yeah, and the fact yeah. that I would then have to like invest in cameras and probably yeah. a camera crew but just this way of being with somebody where it, it is just your voice mm. you know and isn't it funny that on Instagram people are so quick to keyboard warrior and say whatever they want to say without even like thinking about how it's going to affect that other person stuff that they would never say to your face and it's like it does a lot of damage like I don't I don't like that at all a lot of pe I've had it done to me a couple of times and I'm like dude you would never speak to me like this to my face 
So what gives you the right to do that now when for that comment you deserve a slap? <laughs> you know what I mean? So what are your plans moving forward now? You said that the yoga thing is for the rest of the year. Yeah. And um, oh my god, like sorry for asking for you the about the rest of the, of the year anyway because we've got no idea no. really. But if you could be in yeah. charge mm -hmm. and everything was up to you. I, I really want to get into um, ecstatic DJing, so ecstatic dance. Um, I went to a really good one in Copanyang. We used to go every Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, and it's basically a sober rave. And people come and let go of their egos and basically let the music take over their bodies. And they connect through movement and sound. And it was so profound and powerful that I would love 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 to do something like that here in Marbella um and yeah so we'll see we'll see but I, I want to go one thing that, that like we've talked about and I remember also other people have approached me about and wanted to put on yeah but it's quite difficult because you need the right people, people. and it's you know you say so brave like not everybody really even understands what that means yeah but it's the idea that you can dance without trying to look sexy. Yeah. Without, without trying to get people <laughs> to, you know, get on in that way, but just to be free, just the way kids dance. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and being an ecstatic DJ is different to just being a normal... Uh, Why? How? hip-hop R&B or techno DJ because you have to start with like an arrival song. You have to pick songs that are going to hit you in your chakras. It's going to open you up and then you have to have like they call it the landing song where it's like a peak of the of the party party dance um and they usually go on for about three hours um where everyone is literally just together and either jumping or screaming or just in this huge energy ball together um and i would love to be able to achieve that because that's sort of like where the music is both the medicine and the drug, right? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I can see how, like, because when you are DJing and people are drinking or people are smoking or they're taking whatever off they're their nose. They're not listening to the really music. They're not really listening to the music, even though you go to these things. Like I've, and I told you this before in private, that I find DJs a little bit strange because everybody's kind of like watching the DJ, but the DJ is not really doing anything. They're not <laughs> dancing or singing. They're just right. pressing buttons. And you know what I mean? Like everybody's facing right. that way. And quite often, if I'm at these big raves, I actually turn, turn around, around and watch the people. Uh, yeah, I don't think I watch DJs. Well, but they want you to, right? Yeah. And all the lights are on them and <laughs> all, the, true, all the show is up yeah, there. Yeah. And really, it's just sound. Mm. And it's quite different if you go to a, like where there's a DJ, but there might be a show. Then there is something for yeah. your eyes as yeah. well. But yeah, no, I definitely get into it. <laughs> Dancing back there, alarm. <laughs> yeah, arms in the air. Yeah, definitely. So I really want to do the ecstatic dances mm -hmm. too, and that's something that I've missed here because. You know, and I know that I feel sometimes in Marbella really boring because I don't like the party scene no. here and I don't like wearing high heels and I don't no. like feeling like I can't sweat on my makeup. Yeah. Like if you dance too much yeah. then it's not cool. And and again also the feeling of dancing outside in the sun, mm. you know, during the day. Mm. Like I don't have anything to hide. I don't need to do it at three in the morning. Yeah. I'm not here to try to please yeah. anybody or try to get anybody to come home yeah. with me. I'm just exactly. having a good time. Yeah. And I love that ecstatic dance. You're not allowed to talk to anyone. Mm. And you have to, if someone comes up to you and they want to dance with you, you have to keep eye contact with that person. And then you have to thank them once you've finished your little energy exchange. And it's just, it's magical. And I would, I mean, like you say, it's hard to find the people here, but I think there is, a growing community that I would think appreciate yeah. and I think you know for me now I've been here five and a half years almost six years six years I think mm -hmm. to see like people like yourself you know and to see how much you've changed mm. and <laughs> you know for me like I never really stayed anywhere for that long and then people ask me why you're in Marbella but then there's moments like that where I'm yeah. like this is why that's why this yeah. is why so that I can <laughs> be here and witness as people transform mm. And to see people like over the years, you know, and as much as now it's my ego, but I feel like 
I was here, I came here for a reason and I've planted my little seeds. Yeah, and, of course. And then to kind of see people come back and see what they're doing with yeah. themselves and the way that my little thing that I said five years ago or that little moment like has become a part of their new identity. Like it's really, yeah. you know, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Cool. Yeah. It's beautiful and it's, it's, it is a really, because it's so small here, we can see the way it's changing right. quickly and how people are mm, changing, exactly. you know. Yeah, it's very small. <laughs> it's very small. <laughs> yeah. It's small, but it's good, it's good enough, I think, for mm -hmm. keeping it interesting and keeping things changing. And then there's also something about this international culture that mm -hmm. really brings it, for me at least, like makes it feel home. Yeah. Yeah, you know. there are a lot of beautiful people here. Yeah, there are. Yeah. We're, we're two of yeah. them. <laughs> of course. So completely. <laughs> so do you feel like there is a part of you that misses the nightclub scene and the late nights? No way. Moved on completely? Yeah. I mean, I, I, will, I will happily do, I mean, do, play at a wedding. Um, and it, I mean, they don't normally go past 1 a.m., um, and I'm, if my friend's having a party or in the house or something, I'll happily stay up with my friends and play in a villa party. But I'm basically looking now at uh, beach day gigs, DJing in the afternoons, like two till five or something like that. That's cool. Yeah, so then I can get up the next morning and meditate and be fresh. So Don't what, is, drink it, what is like your daily practices or your kind of things that keep you going and growing and breathing the breath work is so profound um i found that i manage and love to release a lot with breathing every morning um, do you have like a specific breath work you do i kind of mix it up okay. from all the stuff that i've kind of experienced and just whatever comes to me on the day or whatever i feel like i need um but yeah Breathing followed by meditation, and then sometimes practice. Sometimes I don't. It's whatever, whatever my if my body needs to move, I will. If I sometimes need to just jump around and dance, I dance. Just whatever I kind of tune into myself on that day that I do. Mm. Yeah. But it's nice to have that connection to self, to your body, to what your mind is doing, and not attached to emotions and just let them pass you by because they don't define you <laughs> you know emotions will change within five minutes don't attach to being angry or being upset at something understand why you're feeling like that and then let it go and that's been a, a real growth for me is learning that because i was a very emotional person mm. still am but working on it <laughs> but I think I, I don't want to let mine go you know there's that satori moment right and like just being able to completely dissolve and aim for some kind of vacuous peace mm. whereas I'm like no man I like this I don't mind getting really like bum hurt and heartbroken really? sometimes because this is a lie. life yeah you know? and I think there's you said to kill the ego, and I agree that there are parts of your ego that need to fucking go. Yeah. But also, like, part of my spiritual journey has been to love my ego, mm. you know, and to love it so much that it just becomes me. Uh-huh. Because I've been very confused over the years, like, how do I function without one? Uh-huh. And then the few times that I've met people who other people have said this person has no ego and I've gone yeah because he just stands over there <laughs> you know like there's literally one guy he'll just stand and look at the wall until you tell him to do something uh -huh. and that doesn't seem to be yeah where I want to be too and and I like feeling different feelings and waking up and sometimes going whoa I'm angry today or, yeah yeah you know that, yeah. that that's also living I know I know what you mean I do know what you mean <laughs> yeah so there was this idea of enjoying and expressing mm -hmm. and creating, and I think all of those things in some way, yeah, they do come through your soul or your spirit, Yeah. but they need to come through your ego as well, because if 
this, that's what carries the emotions, right? Like when you're singing, it's your ego that is connecting to my ego. Very, yeah. Uh, singing is an is a complete performance. Ego, right? Ego trip, right? <laughs> and when you teach yoga, there has to be the teacher's ego uh -huh. as well, which is different from your personal yeah. ego. But there has to be that desire for you to see the other people change in some way, because otherwise, nothing happens. Yeah, you just have to know when it's the negative ego. Right. And control it. Right. That's, that's it. So I call that Watiku. And the Watiku is this mental virus that's contagious, that's full of gossiping and negativity yes. and all of that. And that's not my ego. And insecurity. That's a yeah. virus. So right. that's how, like, for me and my little schizophrenic okay. mind, I've separated it because I had such a hard time knowing, like, well, when is the ego dead? Because it keeps coming back yeah. <laughs> in different forms. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, actually. And there's a part of it, too, where there are parts about myself that the more I try to resist them or the more I try to kill them or the more I try to subvert them, the smarter they get and the better they get at like biting me. Uh. Whereas when I start accepting them and going, you know what? Like, yeah. this is me. Yeah. Suddenly they're not that big of a deal anymore yeah. and they kind of fade out. Whereas the more you contract, mm. the more they mm. fill up inside of there yeah. somehow. Right, it makes sense. It's crazy how everyone has their own way of looking at themselves and dealing with life within themselves it's, it's amazing well a lot of people do and some people really don't yeah. i think on the spiritual journey we have to be so mindful of who mm. who we listen to and whose advice we take to heart because just because it worked for them doesn't mean it's going to work for you exactly either, right? and also you um well not you i i um really became aware of how people's energy affects me like who I decide to spend my time with and became a very a, a lot more cutthroat with that after we came out the quarantine because in quarantine I felt so at peace because I didn't have to wake up in the morning and put my makeup on and like worry about what I'm gonna look like that day or and I realized all this stuff was coming up for me because I didn't have to do it anymore so I was just like gonna practice and I'm gonna meditate and it's, I'm gonna eat some food maybe and like that was my that was our days but then I realized that this anxiety that it was giving me just going into society every day and then um, after the quarantine cleared up it took me I think a good few weeks before I actually came down off the mountain from my dad and put my protective bubble on and know who I really grew in quarantine actually I learned I learned a lot more about myself I felt I like that too when I came out of quarantine that it had made me a lot more aware of when people started stepping up close me going whoa I don't like yeah, you no. or not that I don't like you no, but I, I just don't like want to be so close yeah you know yeah I don't want to be so close to you and then also the people where I'm like <gasps> I want more of yeah you. and I think for me like a big thing because I did an ecstatic dance actually but online oh, wow. during the lockdown and when we got to the throat chakra I actually just sat down and bawled my eyes out yeah. because I realized I don't want to be dancing in a room by myself next to a screen that mm. I need people and I really very rarely use that word mm. I normally say I want but it's not it's a need I need, I need other people in my life mm. I need to feel them and I need them to feel me and I need them to hear me and I need to hear them mm. and I need to touch them and I need them to touch me and I yes. need that. It's really important, but who? Exactly. That was that. You know, and not to be so hungry that it's just that it's anyone. anybody. Yeah. And um, to be very aware too. And one thing, um, it was actually Whitney Cummings who said this and I thought it was brilliant. She said, a lot of us women, because we're so traumatized, mm -hmm. you know, we think that when we meet a guy and we get all those like loads of feelings, feelings. <laughs> that that means that we're attracted to them. Whereas actually a lot of those feelings are actually our nervous system going, no, yeah. bitch, no. Don't go near and him. when you yeah. meet the guy who is the one or whatever, who's one of your ones, yeah. you actually feel calm and yeah. safe. Yeah. And you're not going to feel all those tingles and skin prickling and whatever, because uh -huh. that's a warning uh -huh. system that you've got. <laughs> yeah. And that really hit me too, and I was like, oh my God, like, that's so true. Mm. To feel safe, not to feel all those 
yeah over the top feelings, feelings. And, and where you know your, where your you feel like you're not yes which you know like you think is one thing yeah but because you've been misinformed you're not reading your body's signals yeah and in some ways is it being too emotional or is it just not being connected with and understanding your yeah. emotions you know mm. so i think that's beautiful um if mm. anybody who's listening feels inspired by you and they would like to reach out or maybe look at some of your instagram yeah or can you just give us a little rundown of where they can find you? Um, yeah, so I have my music page, which is kmiss, K dot M-I-S-S underscore. <laughs> and my yoga is Defy Gravity Yogi, all one word. Um, yeah, so you can, I'm, I'm very active on there. <laughs> you will find me there on a daily basis. <laughs> and I'm going to put your info in the show notes as well. So if anybody's too lazy to type it into Instagram, just go to the show notes and you'll have the direct links there. Cool. Camus is teaching uh, Rhythm and Flow at the Boho Club now on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. And we're really excited to have her here. Um, we're looking forward to between the two of us. I feel like some magic will happen yeah. with dancing and music and Definitely. So don't hold your breaths. Keep breathing. <laughs> but stay tuned. There will be more. Yay. Thank you so much Thank for you. taking your time and for your honesty and for sharing so much from your heart. It really means a lot. Thank and you. it's so nice to reconnect, reconnect again. Yeah. And to everybody who's listening, just remember, it might feel like you're the only one that's crazy and weird but you're not yeah. we've got space for you <laughs> and we want you we love the be, weirdos we love your weirdness <laughs> we want you to be more more weird more crazy so thank you thank you so there you have it friends that was the conversation that me and Kay shared one beautiful afternoon here in sunny Marbella so the exciting news and the big announcement is that we have decided to collaborate and create something absolutely magical and this will take form on Sunday the 30th of August and we've decided to do an early morning service. We're calling this Church the Freedom Movement because you are meant to move. So if you're interested in joining us for an amazing morning of chakra activating and opening and balancing dance, movement, yoga and breathing with me, Camus and a few other of our chosen favorite friends, let me know. Send me a message. The easiest way to contact me is probably on WhatsApp. You can send a message through to the show. Um, you can contact me by email. All of that is in the show notes. Again, friends, thank you for giving me your time and for listening. You are so loved. And I just really want you to remember that even though it might seem like it sometimes, you are not alone. You have friends. We're here, shining our light. And all you have to do is look. Namaste.